G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. A Wednesday hump day edition coming at ya. Joined by the great man JLo to discuss plenty of sporting tidbits. Starting with fantasy, he continues to outscore me the prick. He's doing really well the last couple of weeks and the large fries and coke are not. So we talk through our trade movements and I think I have to get rid of Ben Keys rolling into this week, but a matchup against Kangaroos might make me look elsewhere. But we talked about that. He's got Patrick Cripps in his side, and obviously that bloke has copped a two-game suspension. So not only did we discuss the fantasy ramifications, but we talked about Carlton and what it means for their potential finals hopes and a couple of other finals bits and pieces. We covered a couple of other trending topics throughout the league and some trade potential destinations and there are more trade rumors for something different involving the Brooklyn Nets. So today we broke down the Atlantic division and the five teams there talked about their off season and how they're looking rolling into next year, including the Nets, which it's really tough to forecast what Brooklyn's going to look like. And we rounded out the podcast with, I will say it, my favorite Mount Rushmore draft to date featuring the late great Kobe Bryant. So ripper episode in store for you. Let's get right amongst it. It's Wednesday, it's hump day, so it's time to sit down with the great man, J-Lo himself. How you do? I do. I'm doing, and I'll continue to do until the day I die. So We're just continually coming up. With, a long time away. <laughs> continually coming up with slogans we can put on a t-shirt. I love that. Uh, <laughs> how are the Quisplorkin boys traveling? Let's not waste any time. Let's get into it. Uh, bang, bang. How you looking? Did uh, I think I beat you again? You did. Yep, you fucking did. Yep. Yeah, I did. But it's tricky now. Cripps and Kelly both out. So I've got to Ooh. get cra- And, you know, like, it, it would have been nice if I could trade. It would have been fine if I could trade Cripps because I still got, I think I got Cully sitting here still. Yeah, I do. But, you know, Kelly and Cripps at the same time, it's a, it's a conundrum. So we might we might get to talk through a few of the options. Yeah, that is a bit dicey having both of them out. I forgot that you still had uh, Cripper. I did see the TK got a week, but I did actually see what he got banned for. I haven't looked at his incident. It's all been about Paddy Cripps and that bump on Calamar Chi. So what what did TK do? It was like a sling tackle, a one-arm pinned on Sam Berry. Did he deserve the week he got, you reckon? Mm, yeah, it was probably right on the line. I think they might have maybe appealed it and didn't get off. So yeah. Okay. What are you going to do? But I remember um, seeing um, both of them go to tribunal, but yeah, not ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm out here making lemonade. They uh, are lemons. <laughs> that I think even. Yeah. That's, that's, I think lemonade. how they're made. Uh, we're lemonade. all about midfield trades this week. Cause I'm ditching Ben keys. Fair to say that experiment <laughs> did not work. Uh, if I had gone no. Zach Merritt, Jack Steele, or Callum Mills, who were also in the window, then uh, I might have been able to sneak one more uh, W against you. But I think you've won like four on the trot now. It's 13-7, the head-to-head ledger. Uh, so, Let's you know, a go. couple of weeks to go. You could definitely uh, claw that back still. Where, do you, where are you ranked now? Eight, nine, 
two six. He's coming. So, He's coming in hot. Yeah. I want to get in the under eight thousand. That I guess in two weeks. That's pretty doable. Um, assuming everyone on my team plays well. It felt like had a ton of crew playing not well last mm. week and still got by thanks to Gorney and oh, some other people. I don't know. But like still Merit, Roy Marshall, eh? Yeah, Roy Marshall was good. Like, mm. Oh, I brought in Luke Parker, which oh, worked nice. out well. So, yeah, you know, just um, it was by committee. It was definitely by committee last week. But this week, Buck knows where it's coming from. So... I feel the, like my the, failures were by committee. Like a lot of people just had 90s, low 100s, right. or stunk it up like your Merits and your Ben Keys, Das Cameron, a couple of those characters. Just Tom did not Stewart. Help. Tom Stewart. Oh, I forgot about Tom Stewart. Stewart. Sorry to remind you. <sighs> All right. Let's, uh, let's brainstorm. So obviously, Crips and Kelly out is not ideal. I, from memory, you didn't have a sh- Oh, no, you had tons in the bank. Didn't you? Did you no. do the Zorko Hawley move? No, I couldn't because uh, Terrence, while I was sort of sitting in the airport waiting and I saw the news, <laughs> luckily before the flight, um, got it done. So I went, I brought Parker in. Yep. So, gotcha. Okay. Um, so I ended up with, oh, I've sort of done my trades now. Um, so I think I had maybe 50 to 75 left. Not right, a ton. Not tons. So Cripper was worth, let's see what he's worth. He was worth 809 and Kelly was a measly 612. Uh-huh. So I had a, I think all up I had about 1.5, probably not quite 1.6 left in the bank. And so I got to get two mids in there. I guess the tricky so thing, I... if you're in that yeah. position, sorry to cut you off, is you, no, right. you decide... Do you go like two blokes who are kind of, you know, a level or two down from the guns? Like, do you get two 750 blokes or like with Cripper and Kelly, do you get one who's 500 and 600K and then load up with another big dog? It's a tough spot to be in. Exactly. So, well, I, I really, they're really, I don't think, in my humble opinion, is any sort of way that I could go Oliver. Mills or Laird, um, they're probably the only three I'd consider at the at the top. You know, I mean, they are the, pretty much the top three, excluding Hugh McClug. So, like, if I put Mills in, I'd probably have, uh, you know, just maybe just under six left, right? Or maybe six flat, and doesn't. Doesn't quite. Oh, actually, I could tell you exactly what I'd have left. I'd have, uh, yeah, I'd be under six, which is just, it's not where you want to be. Not doable. So the two routes that I've, I'm considering mm. is either, well, the one I've got locked in right now is Darcy Parrish, very underpriced. Don't he's got, it. I think he's got, who's he got? Let's see. Port Adelaide this week, and then he finishes with the Tigers. Had like a hundred and had about a hundred and twenty against Port last time, or high teens, and had like one forty against the Tigers. Yeah, right. So I'm feeling feeling all right about that. Those matchups feel like that's an okay run out. And then the Zorkinator is still six hundred. 
So that's what I'm sitting with right now. I think I just slung. Oh, actually, Zorko's just in my midfield because that's because he's a mid back. The mm-hmm. other option I was considering, which uh, it honestly might be a bit more fun. I feel mm-hmm. like maybe less safe, but I was considering bringing in Ollie Wines. They've got a pretty nice run home from memory. Uh, if you got Connor Rosie, oh no, if you got Butters oh, there, that you I can got just Butters. check their run. Yep. What's so his they got run home the, like? They got the Dons at Marvel Stadium and then close the season with Adelaide in Adelaide, or the showdown. Very tasty, mm. let's be honest. Um, so strongly considering wines, and with wines, I would bring in Chad Warner. Oh, okay. Now we're talking. And, yeah, wouldn't that be a bit of fun? So, that is a bit of fun. And yeah. Ollie Wines is a bloke that can just have, you know, he did it last year. I think I brought him in. Might have been around the buys or just after the buys. And it was one of those picks, kind of like Luke Parker, when I got him five or six weeks into the season. I was like, "Mm, I don't love it. I don't know how I feel about this. And then he just kept getting it done. So once he just needs two big scores, could very possibly happen. The Chad Warner one, I don't know how he's been scoring lately. He's obviously had to rip a season. But his fantasy numbers, I do wonder if they've fluctuated a bit you know if he's got a couple of 80s in there or doesn't he seems a bit a bit more fun you're right but maybe a bit mm. dicier they got collingwood and st kilda off the dome to close yeah the year. he's just yep. he kicked three goals last week didn't he got a 92 but he kicked three goals nice run home is what i'm looking at and i feel like collingwood's the sort of team that he could just go bananas against but the crap thing is they haven't bloody played yet. Sydney and Collingwood is like that the one of those few games where oh, like really? They, yeah, they haven't played yet. So that's why I was even looking at Dacos. I was like, oh, what's he gonna get? I don't know. They haven't mm. fucking played yet. So I'm not sure. Uh, you're right. I feel like the Warner one, it's a it's a bit higher risk, maybe not equal reward. I don't know. Like yeah. So I th- I think I will. I th- I truly believe Dars Parish is a is a top eight mid. Um, I like the Dars Parish route. And Zorko is fine. That potentially next week lets me sling maybe Dacos out. Maybe yep. I don't know. It's a bit, bit hard to bloody tell what this, that bloke's dishing up. It's pretty hard to get rid of him for one oh eight. But um, mm. yeah, I th- that's probably the route I'll go. But you know, I might get a bit fun. Might get a bit inspired in the next. How long have we got? Day and a half. But oh, uh, that's roughly what I'm going. You got any feelings on those two routes? <sighs> to be honest, I prefer the Parish Zorko train. I think Zorko's what he's got a couple of safe nineties, well, safe nineties in the bank for the last couple of weeks. So I'm actually at the moment looking at trading him in as well. Um. And the parish one, it's interesting because a lot of people will probably be like, oh, fuck, Zach Merritt can't score anymore now that Dars Parish back in the team after that one week and he popped a 50. But if you've got both of them, obviously already being a Merritt owner, that does kind of bode well. You know, those two, I'm trying to think of another comparison. There's none that jump into mind. But you feel like those two are going to get to, you know, 230 between them on a good day, 250 plus. And, you know, it might be that Merritt has 130 of it and Dars gets 95 or whatever, but 
I feel like those uh, those two are going to still score well to close out the season. So if you got one of them, you may as well bring the second one in. Yeah, why not? Why not? Uh, they both scored. I mean, Richmond are easy to score at against in the midfield, and mm. I feel like eh, Port. Who knows what they're dishing up? They're f- they're frigging annoying to go up against. You're like, oh, are they going to be the world beating Port that suffocates the team, or are they just going to get trounced? So yeah, I did laugh uh, as. Ken Hinckley was saying, I can't remember which game it was, but they were like, oh, yeah, you know, Port mathematically can't make the finals now or whatever. And then he was like, oh, well, just you wait. Like, we're here to, you know, cause some ruckus and we're going to keep upsetting teams on the way through the finals. Just watch out. And then I think they've lost, like, three of their last four. Yeah. And just kind of crashed back to earth. So Good on you, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Although I'm glad, uh, glad that Zach Butters is firing on a Port standpoint. I brought him in last week got rid of my last rookie so i at the time uh we started recording this had done uh who did a keezy down to zorko you know he's i don't care if he's got north this weekend he had that weird forward role where he was tagging sarge and from memory kicked three or four snags that saved his score but i didn't watch the west coast game over the weekend but it did not look like he was out there getting a lot of the footy so Mm. no you burnt me too much. So naturally he's going to have 120 this week, but he probably <clears> instead will. and then go Darcy Cameron up to Maxi gone. You know, why not? Yeah. But I don't know. I'm having a little bit of a tinker and a play around. Cause I can get uh Darcy Cameron to Zorko and like okay. move Will Brody out of my midfield into my forward line. Doesn't get me a lot of extra cash, but then when I trade out Ben keys, I can get up to, Oh, I'm just having a quick squeeze. You know, I can get up to a Petrarca, a Josh Kelly, Viney even, someone a bit unique. So I might do that and just roll the dice, have a bit of fun, and just keep Timmy English and Sean Darcy in my rucks. I wanted to get rid of Sean Darcy. He hasn't been it's dominating, right. but, you know, it's another docker. There's only two weeks left. In a perfect world, I would have turned him to Gorn a couple of weeks ago, but say love, I'm just uh, hoping that, I don't get overtaken by the uh, surging Wisplorkham boys at the moment, so might have to. What uh, are you ranked? Six thousand one hundred. Almost well. Yeah. At least I'm finishing close to your fight for one year. It's not like a ten to twenty thousand ranking bridge. Yeah, gap. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's, that's I think I'm, similar I'm gonna get deal. You. I might uh might go a bit bit of a dice roll. I might even honestly bring. I don't know what he had on the weekend. Kelly back. Love watching Josh Kelly. I think uh, that doesn't exactly fill me with confidence. But yeah, regardless, uh, I can get to Petrarca. Like I said, he's coming off a one twenty. So yeah, that'd be that'd options. be fun. Mm. That would be fun. Yeah. Who are the D's got this week? Do you know? They got the Friday night against the Blues. Oh, is that Friday know. night? No. Nah. It is not Saturday. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't realize that was on Friday night. Uh, uh, well, that's Brizzy. That's as good a segue as any, because uh, the next thing on the agenda I wanted to talk about was the Carlton Blues. We briefly touched Cal- on Paddy Cripps's suspension, but apparently they're going to, they appealed it at the tribunal. You know, they challenged it. And they said, no, nah, you're still getting two weeks. And they said, no, nah, we still want to challenge it. So apparently, again, tomorrow, <laughs> there's another appeal going on. So I don't know what's yeah, right. drastically going to change. Just looking at the footage, I'm like, he jumped. 
be bumped. The bloke got concussed. He's probably not getting off. So no Cripper. George Hewitt's going to probably miss this clash as well against the D's. The He's Blues got two to this. three weeks, they reckon, on his on their injury report. Yeah, see, he might even miss the rest of the season, honestly. And if Carlton go 0 for 2 against the D's and then Collingwood in the last round, they might miss the 8. Do you reckon they're going to miss out? Oh, I could see it happening. I really could. <laughs> blues Missing fans, Cripps, Cripps and Hewitt is, you know, they got Govsey back. They're sort of, the Cavalry's re- arrived at each end. Mm. I mean, obviously with, you know, the forwards, but uh, it would be just the most Carlton Blues <laughs> thing to happen ever. They looked so safe five weeks ago. They looked great, actually. Yeah. But part of me loves those funny you know, sadistic storylines. And I want to see it. I want to see him miss the finals. <laughs> I know it's a bit of, of a cunty too. thing to say, but I want to see it. Yeah. I thought uh, yeah, on that note, we might've seen Richmond finish ninth again, just revert back to their uh, habits of yesteryear before their dynasty. Yeah. But it seems like they're one win behind the blues. So you feel like they're okay. They're playing Hawthorne yep. this week. They win that game. They virtually lock up a spot. Uh, the Saints, oh, sorry, they're only two points behind the Tigers because obviously they got a draw up their sleeve. Mm. Now, the Saints are a win behind Carlton, and then the Doggies are two wins behind. So mm. it's getting pretty uh, dicey for those last two spots in the eight. I think you can pencil Richmond into one of them. St. Kilda versus yeah. Sydney in the last round, all of a sudden, like Saints have to beat Brisbane this week if they want to sniff, but Saints versus um, Sydney in the last round should be a blockbuster in determining what happens. Uh, do you reckon R- Richmond probably gets in, right? I, I've got a lot of faith in Richmond. We've got the most exciting player in the league. Top, he's a, I, reckon, I reckon Shea Bolton's a top 10 player, honestly. Well, this season, I heard a ridiculous stat this week. He's kicked 39 goals, 39 on the season. Wow. So, you know, if he had have put 10 more snags on the board and had 50 goals next to his name, he'd be a lock for the All-Oz and he'd, you know, be getting a lot more buzz and he's already generating mm. a shitload based on his success. I don't reckon so, I don't reckon Dusty's ever kicked fifty goals in a season. Nah, I don't think he has either. So yeah, it'd be very interesting. The doggies, like I said, they got a tough task to try and get up into the finals after losing to Frio on the weekend. They got the Giants and Hawthorne to close the season. So they probably go mm. two and O. But it really, I think, comes down to that St. Kilda game. They they lose to Brisbane this week, right? You reckon? Probably. Mm. It's really they should, hard they to should. tell. God, yeah. Yeah, they... I mean, ladder position. Ladder yeah. position-wise, yes. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Saints after their rambunctious start to the year. Yeah, um, another team. I think they were 8-3 and three when they hit their bye from memory, so... Yeah, I do like that they're finally gone. Oh, you know what? It's better fantasy wise, but having Paddy Ryder in probably actually makes them a lot better team. Mm. So him being out's pretty big for them, I would say. So I think the doggies have to go two and zero. Carlton might go zero and two. St Kilda might have to win one game virtually, and if they do win one of their last two, then all three of those teams are going to be locked points wise, and just going to come down to percentage. So. Interesting uh, end of the season coming up. Bloody oath. Yeah. Bugger off, Carlton. Uh, That'd be so funny. Actually, yeah. Like you said, as sadistic as it is, I kind of want to see them just slip on out. Yeah. 
poor bastards. Uh, one team that's not going to be on the outside looking in is the Brisbane Lions. And they are very hot in pursuit of one Lance Buddy Franklin. I talked a little bit yeah. about it uh, on the Monday episode that I did, Solo Dolo, but I didn't realize Buddy's kicked 45 goals this year. That's absurd. I was like, he went 51 last year from memory. And I was like, oh, I thought his career was virtually done back in 2020 when he had all those ankle and injury issues. Mm. But on the surface, you know, gun to my head, I reckon he stays in Sydney, but he's going to have to take a pay cut if he wants to do that. Brisbane may be able to offer him a chance to, you know, be the final piece in a premiership puzzle to end his career, which would be pretty interesting. The Swans might obviously contend for one this season, but on the surface, what do you reckon of the idea of Buddy Franklin going to Brisbane? Do you like it? Do you want to see him stay with the Swans? Do you think it makes sense for the Lions to pursue him? Where? What are your thoughts? I wouldn't mind it. It'd be all right. Uh, um, I think that probably makes a lot of sense for the Lions. I think they just mm. they're they're probably a you know Danaher. I don't know how how I feel about him. Where he's at, he's always injured. Kipwood, I don't know what what's he done since he came back. Anything? I'll find out for you, but off the top of my head, the only thing I remember him doing is running into an umpire or put no, sorry, pushing a bloke into an umpire. Yeah, look, I'm not con- I'm not convinced with any three of the sort of big forwards that they've got McStay up there as well. I would love to see Buddy go up there. The Lions do a great job of just extending players' careers by a year or two. And, you know, sounds like he's got enough in the tank. That, that warm weather, probably good for his mm. muscles, you know, True. keep him warm. You know what else I'd love to see? I'd love to see him join Dusty up there. If they could somehow oh. reel Dusty up to up to Brisbane, I mean, obviously cap cap wise, I don't know how it would work, but wouldn't that be fun to see Dusty and and Buddy in the same forward line? Yeah, shit, I didn't even think about that. There's talk that Dan McStay is virtually out the door and going to go to Collingwood or somewhere else, so that does potentially bot- open up a spot. Hitwood, for mm. what it's worth, he kicked four goals three a couple of weeks ago, but hasn't really fired since then. But if you let's let's exclude Dusty for a second. If you go Buddy, Danaher, Hitwood, Charlie Cameron, Zach Bailey, and then someone else, maybe Dusty, that's a unreal forward group. And you're right. Buddy, I think right. Buddy to Brisbane, when I first heard it, I was like, no, stay in Sydney, like finish your career there. But Brisbane do do a pretty good job of yeah, ending oh sorry, extending blokes' careers and he's probably got one year left, you reckon? Maybe at absolute maximum two. But I think... Who knows? Yeah, well, he might just Tom Brady it and play till he's 45. I don't hate the idea. I'm warming to it. I didn't really yeah. like it when I first heard it, but the more I look at it, the more I'm like, yep, that actually kind of makes sense for all parties, I reckon. But he gets to finish his career out, challenging for a flag with a third team. And there's always... Well, not always, but quite often you'll see blokes, it happens all the time in the NBA, obviously chasing a ring to end their career. But the example I heard was um, Dermot Burton, like playing for Collingwood. You like, you kind of forget that that chapter happened, even yeah. though it did to like the end of his career. And we'll always picture Buddy as a hawk slash swan, but 
if he goes and wins a flag with Brisbane, that'd be a pretty unreal way to bow out. Could win a flag with Sydney this year. That's true. It's true. He Do you reckon if he won a, won a Prem this year, he'd finish? Or did he kick on? If I was him, I'd probably bow out. But, yeah, yep. you know, it's one of those things is while you can make money and play footy, you make money and play footy, right? Bloody oath. And, and the, uh, the other thing that the rest of us who aren't in the AFL and have never been at Buddy Franklin's level mm-hmm. need to remember is we don't have a, a fucking clue what it takes to succeed at that level and what level of what level of drive you need to have to pull this off and just to be there year after year i'm still the best i'm still the best so yeah we've we we probably shouldn't even fucking comment on that let's be honest Uh, we have no idea mate we just make podcasts once a week probably not so uh, there's our thoughts on lance franklin thanks for listening to this episode that's us (laughs) (laughs) what do we know (laughs) um last little footy uh, tangent. Oh, actually, while we're on the topic of the Swans, uh, another Josh Kennedy has announced his retirement. So, mm, mm. didn't want to go to huge. Thunder. Did uh, didn't want to go to huge length digging up a useless sports by fry stat uh, this week. But Josh Kennedy, number one in AFL history for mm. contested possessions. So, shout out to another JK uh, Ben McAvoy today as well announced his retirement. Big boys bowing out. So there's yep. plenty of dudes. And I only reckon there's going to be more that bob up and say they pulled the pin on their careers. But yeah, Josh Kennedy, I don't reckon I owned him too many times in fantasy, but that bloke was, yeah, a jet. Absolute jet. And what a, like, a, one of the great draft steals of all time. Uh, mm. Draft steals, trade steals of Swindles, all time. Swindles, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, did you see who they traded him for or what the picks turned out to be? I kind of remember Ben McGlynn being involved in the deal and a couple of other he picks. He went over pro- with with Josh. Oh, Damn, I thought it was the other I way around. Be- well, there you go. Yeah, they got him and Ben McGlynn and then the three picks they sent were like that it was used to bring Stanton up from a rookie yeah, list okay. or something. Yep. So he's all right. And the two others, I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> who those blokes are more or less yeah. i might probably have heard their names but i was like wow that was a an absolute swindle and that's just what sydney swans do that's how the swans have stayed the swans for so long yeah they are just a quintessential like great culture winning culture yeah. don't bottom out too often uh Bloody one up. other because you know i did say i wasn't going to dig through a use of sports by fry stat but i did find one uh he was the only bloke to kick a goal in all three of sydney's grand finals uh that they played in. So there you go. Yep. Good on you. Uh, last footy thing. Max gone and Brody Grundy joining oh. forces. Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you want to see it? What do you, where do you stand? Cause that's kind of not flawed me. I'm like, Oh, that's bizarre. Why would they do that? Then I, well, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> does make a lot of sense. It makes so much sense. They're about to lose Luke Jackson, right? Let's say he's out the door. Yep. And then all you've got, uh, Maxi Gorn is old. He's done an ACL or two. Tend to forget. Remember. Yeah, he has. And they're just going to need someone to help. They don't have Proust there anymore. Imagine if you could literally just 50-50 in the ruck with Grundy and Gorn. And when they're not there, the other one's sitting up forward, like just causing trouble. That would, that would, 
I don't know how I feel about the D's and their premiership window and how long it will be open. They've got the they've got the young players. I don't know if, other than Petrarca and Oliver if those young players are good enough to keep that window open. Yeah. But if they got Grundy, I reckon the window would stay wide open for four more years at least. So if I would be doing whatever I can to get old Grundleton across, I think that'd be huge. And they'd probably only have to give up, like you give up your first round pick of the D's and maybe another one, another second round. You're like, whatever. Like it's yeah. pick fucking pick 17. No worries. Off you go. I think from memory, uh, their first rounder this year is tied to the Swans because they oh. flicked it. But, you know, they can trade next year's one. Um, and if Collingwood is in pursuit of Timmy Taranto and they need a bit of that salary cap space, you could even do a bit of a three-way where the Giants get all the picks, the D's get Grundy, and Collingwood get Tim Taranto. That might work. But they've got yeah. Jake Melksham coming off the books at the end of the year. Um, Michael Hibbard, he's another one who'll probably announce his retirement. So that frees up, you know, a couple of doll hairs. They might be able to use them to sign Grundy. But it's an interesting premise of seeing probably the two best ruckmen in the league right now join forces. You don't think that they would want to. You feel, I don't know why, but I feel like the traditionalists, you'd be like, nah, they want to like go to war against each other. But if you can get one and two on the same team and you, like you said, split time and one of them goes forward or if one gets hurt, like you said, Max is 30 odd, uh, then they've got just the ultimate cheat code backup plan. It's uh makes they'll, a lot of sense. They'll probably also get a pick from Frio, pick or two. True. Yeah, there'll be something involved in that deal. You're right. So yeah. whether it's so, a first or a future. Possible. Could Very happen. possible. Yeah, watch this space. I'm excited for the AFL trade season to kick off, but there's obviously a couple of weeks of the home and away season, a couple of weeks of uh, fantasy and then finals to uh, dig into as well. Let's do basketball now. Uh, Let's do it. <sighs> I don't want to start with the Brooklyn Nets, who are once again in the headlines for other reasons, but we will get oh. to them. We talked all about the Northwest Division last week and where we sat on the teams and how well they've done in the offseason and uh, their position moving forward. So I reckon we bounce between West and East over the next month or so. So we'll go to the Atlantic, where the Brooklyn Nets reside, but we'll start with the team from New York, New York. Okay. And I'm interested to see what the Knicks unleash this season. They probably fell back to earth last year after they had home court the year before, right? They did. Yeah. They did, yeah. You kind of forget of about that. Uh, and they probably got bounced by the Hawks, I think. They did, yeah. Uh, in six from memory. But they didn't exactly fire last year. A lot of their – I think Tibbs is probably going to lose his job this year because a lot of their young dudes need development coach. and need to play. And they didn't really play much last year. Like RJ Barrett got ran into the dirt and played what felt like 37, 38 minutes a game. So I think a new coach with the right mindset to develop these young guys is what New York needs. I was skeptical on the Jalen Brunson free agent get, but I actually think it's a smart play for them. You know, he's a, yep. He's got a lot of family ties to the organization as well. So it seems like he's probably going to end his career there and stay there. Will he ever make an all-star team? Maybe, maybe not. But he at maybe least not. provides him a bit of stability at point guard. And then, like I said, your likes of Emmanuel Quickly, Quinton Grimes and RJ, I think 
how much of a leap those guys take and how much they develop will dictate exactly how far the Knicks go for the rest of the season. They didn't make too many changes with the exception of signing old mate, you know, a couple of other minor tweaks here or there. Hartenstein's not exactly a uh, scrub. He's a solid backup. So yeah, I think you made do some well moves. There. Give me your Knicks thoughts. What do you, what do you reckon? Um, playing bottom yeah. of the East playing team. Um, you wonder how much Julius Randall has in him. You know, he's only eight year pro, but he broke a leg. He's a heavy yeah, guy. Yeah, you forget that happens, eh? Yeah, he's a heavy guy. I like that they've still got Cam Reddish sitting there. I think there's a lot of upside in him. And he's a good defender. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we we like RJ Barrett. Do we love him? Not sure. He could be most improved this year and, you know, take over New York. But that seems like it's fading. That sort yeah. of hope. Do like Brunson. Like the Hartenstein. Uh addition but outside of that boy it's it's just an uninspiring roster like you know their bench must be one of the worst benches in the league mm. i reckon like and yeah i de- i totally agree i think tibbs loses his job i think he's a i th- he's an overrated coach he just fell on prime derrick rose with a good luol dang a all was he defensive player of the year or all defensive first team Joachim Noah yeah he was defensive player of the year in uh, 2014 yeah and he was bloody good but I, I I don't think he's actually a good job he's been run out of town in every other like situation that he's been in he's a bit of a hard ass he's a bit of a seems like a jerk doesn't play the kids it, I, when they signed him I thought it was just a weird bloody signing I've got to mm. be honest and he sort of they got up to fourth and he hung on, but I think he's out the door. You got to get minutes into Toppen. You got to get minutes into Robinson, who they just extended for, I think it was four years. Yeah, to 2026. Yep. What's Randall doing? I don't know. Like, you, you wonder, Randall signed until, oh, he's got a player option in 25. He probably walks. Let's be honest. I don't know. I'm just not sure. They just got all that draft capital. So it looks like they're still going to the draft. Uh, but it is New York. So they could get a Don Mitchell. They could get a big signing, which might change everything. But boy, they, they you would want a, the coach in place before that happens. And so I think this is probably... They should have fired him already, honestly. Um, but I mean, I've thrown the bloke under the bus a bit and... You know, we've shout on him. He, you're right. He is a, I think, overrated coach, but he's still a pretty good coach. He's had, you know, he led them to the playoffs last year when he was with Chicago as well. That, like you said, they experienced a lot of success. He had those stars, but he did, you know, coach them and steer them to success. I, I think is that Donovan the Mitchell, yeah, true. I forget about that. The Donovan Mitchell Shit. piece just hangs over this entire franchise like if they get him and they lose some of those young dudes and those picks that you alluded to then that might see him stay for a bit longer might you know especially if they're successful and he seems like the type of coach that isn't really there to develop a roster he's not exactly like a i don't know he doesn't raise those young dudes up he's more of like you know wringing the cloth to get everything he can out of the stars and pushing for a 
a playoff push. Um, yeah, I'm tracking back to RJ Barrett. I think the biggest concern with that bloke is how bad his shooting numbers were last year. Like you had him in fantasy, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, so he dipped from – he was 44% from the field uh, two years ago and then dipped down to 40%. And then he was 40% from three and went backwards to 34%. So he upped his scoring a couple of points. But if he had upped his shooting percentages, he could have challenged for the most improved last year. Or maintained. And yeah, true. So, yeah, I'm a bit – they went 37 – oh, hang on, I got it here. 37 and 45 last year. I think they go better. I think they go closer to 500. But a play-in berth probably seems like their ceiling, maybe making up the numbers in the playoffs if they can get hot at the right end of yep. the season and win a couple of games to earn a seven or eight seed. Unless Barrett scores 30 a game. That could happen. You never know. Could happen. You feel, you feel for Knicks fans who were, you know, oh, Kevin and Kyrie want to come. Yeah, we'll we'll get both of them and we're going to have Zion. Instead, they miss Zion. They miss both those dudes. They even miss out on Jar with pick two and the consolation yeah. prizes that they get RJ Barrett, who just looks like he's going to be a streaky shooter for the rest of his career. Poor Knicks. Nah, I got no sympathy. Yeah, no. Nah. Fuck the Knicks and fuck the Carlton Blues. <laughs> Yeah, fuck them. All righty. Next cabs off the rank is uh, the podcast's favorite team, the well-loved Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you can you can start. Give me your give me a Sixers thought. The fifty-one and thirty-one Sixers from a season ago. Well, look, I I don't mind the the guys they brought in. PJ Tucker. Don't know where DeAnthony Melton came from, but no worries. Dan Howe. Was that? He was oh, a draft, draft not, not trade. I thought, said, yep. I thought you said draft not trade. I was like, he got drafted again. Didn't know he could <laughs> do that. Um, yeah, and I look. I think Maxi gets better. Mm. I think Milton might, you know, develop more. I think Thibault, you kind of know what you're going to get, but <clears throat> it's pretty handy what he provides, and he might get better. It's it really comes down to. Can James Harden fit in? Maybe. And can Joel Embiid... Well, Joel Embiid's going to continue to do what Joel Embiid has done. Can he stay healthy? Big you know, question. Well, you know, we, we kind of harp on that, but he did stay healthy last year. So there's let's True. let's go with, with, you know, recent trends. So I, I kind of like them. I think they'll probably finish with a pretty similar record. Um, and that's all you need to do in that that top-loaded East. So I, I hate them. I hate their fan base. But I think they'll go all right. I, how's their bench go? I reckon that's the big quest, question. But I like Tucker. He adds a bit to them. So, uh, uh, you know, we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. I just hope Joel never gets an MVP. That's what I hope. You hope that Nikola Jokic just continues to make him his buddy and win MVPs for the rest of the decade. Yeah, or Giannis or Luca or someone likable. Someone likable. And you know what? Joel, if he was on my team, I reckon I'd love him because he seems like a funny guy. But maybe does he just need to get a bit more serious? Just, just for one year. 
and it might put them over the top, but you know, Maybe. what do you reckon? Well, where does where what do you reckon about Doc as a coach? Is he any good? <sighs> I think he's better than Tibbs. I do think he's better than Tibbs. Yeah, but, I don't know. He's won a championship with the 08 Celtics, but that was almost like a perfect storm of Garnett, Allen, Rondo, Pierce. Gifted, like gifted starring. a team. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, look, because there was rumors he was going to go to um, Los Angeles and be the Lakers' new coach. Doc was the coach of the Lob City Clippers, wasn't he? believe so. I believe yeah, so. so. Couldn't do know, much with them. True. He hasn't got over the hump for a chip a lot, but you know, there's so many coaches out there that have won a shitload of games that haven't won tons of championships. But I still think that the Sixers, like you said, are probably going to tread water and stay in a similar bubble. Their season will be dictated by what they do with the postseason. Win 65 games in the regular season, I'll probably still have doubts whether they can get it done. If they yep. are the sixth seed and they're on the road for the entire first, second round, then I'll probably still be able to see the glass half full, them, you know, being a threat and winning a couple of rounds. But they just reek to me of a team that's going to maybe cap out as an East finals team. But that could all change depending on what Jimmy Harden does. So he averaged 20 and 10 in his 21 games last year as a sixer. But then in the playoffs, his numbers dipped. He was, you know, 18 and I don't know, nine or so. But he only shot 40%, which is a big red flag if you ask me. And I do wonder just what type of James Harden we're going to get. Because there was all sorts of crap going on, even after he got his trade requests uh, granted and he landed in Philly, you know, his hamstring was hurt and then, he came back and like, I think it was the Kings. He had one game where he, you know, had 35 plus and everyone's like, oh, Harden's back. He's, you know, mm. going to steer the Sixers towards a deep playoff run. But he never has. And until yeah. I see him dominating in the playoffs, then I'm always just going to have doubts over this team. You're right. Their bench is, leaves a bit to be desired. But De'Anthony Melton was a good pickup. I think that'll help him. Yep. Uh, Tyrese Maxey apparently is an untouchable asset and for good reason. I think he'll probably emerge into, you know, a star. Don't know how, if he'll be all-star level, but I think he's going to be uh, another bloke that will go close to averaging 20 a game. And B, how many games off the top of your head do you reckon MB played last year? It was a full 82, wasn't it? Season, yep. wasn't yep. Um 70, 70. Oh, not a bad guess. 68, which kind of surprised okay. me. So career high, which is the reason Jeez. I bring it up. I think if he can replicate that and play 70, 65, contend for an MVP again, the Sixers will win a shitload of games, but their whole 2023 or 2022-23 outlook will hinge on their playoff run, which I think will be brief. I think so too. Yeah. So... Fuck them. <laughs> Fuck them all. couple of wins behind the Sixers last year were the Toronto Raptors, 48 and 34. Uh, didn't make a ton of noise in the postseason. But I think this is the team, if I had to pick one who like is in for a massive surge up the standings, I think it's them. And then a lot yep. of that is tied to Scotty Barnes, who got better and better throughout his rookie 
campaign uh, and will probably take another big step in his development. They're deep as well. Like mm. they bat pretty strongly throughout the entire roster. They didn't, again, make a lot of major roster tweaks, but they got complementary pieces that I rate and enjoyed and think suit the makeup of their team. So how do you feel about the TO Raptors as they roll into next season? I feel similarly to you. I, I don't know if I've got them making a huge improvement, but I think they're going to be better. I like their, I love their length. I love their big men. Mm. I love Scotty Barnes. I love them getting Otto Porter, but also really rate them getting Wancho, Bo Cruz. Um, just adds I a was going to say his name. I was going to say, yeah, they got this bloke and this bloke and both. But I was like, fuck, I can't remember it. Shit. All right, I'll just handball yeah. the joke. Damn it. <laughs> no, I um, I really rate. I, I just think he's one of those great 11th blokes off the bench who when something goes wrong, he can come in. He's a six-year pro now. He's a shooter. He rebounds. He's pretty athletic. He's 6'9". Mm. He's, and the, the best thing is as a phenomenal locker room guy. Like I got to obviously see that on the Nuggets for three odd years. Yeah. And everyone loves him. Like he is, everyone just froths him. He's sh- waving towels. Otto Porter adds a lot to them. Championship pedigree. And a few of these blokes already have it. I like, I, I, we didn't get to see a whole lot of Gary Trent Jr., but boy, he's a great defender. Thad Young still floating around. Freddie Van Vliet. I really like what they've got. They didn't add that big piece, but I think Spicy Pete, well, he's an all-star and he's an all-NBA player last year, I think. Yeah, I think he snuck into the third team. He did when we did our ballots anyway. Fred Van Vliet's a great sort of clutch scorer and just very consistent player. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Boucher. I quite like Ken Birch, OG Ananobi, uh, Ananobi's just floating around. You sort of forget he's there, but boy, he's an interesting talent who, you know, what's he in? He's in his fifth year. There's no reason he couldn't bump his scoring up and get a little bit better at shooting and become that guy, sort of Andre Guadala for the Warriors yeah, don't way, way that. back. Um, so I love him. And, you know, soft spot for Toronto. Can't hate the city. Can't hate any of their players. Um, as long as they don't beat Denver too many times, you know, Nick nurse is, is a good coach too. I don't, you hear, <laughs> he, 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 I've heard that he's a bit of a prick, like against opposing coaches and just annoying and whinges, but he's a bloody good at what he does. So yeah, I, I'm with you on these guys. I think few little smart moves by Masai Ujiri and they're going to, they're going to make some noise, I think. Plus did, was it last year that they didn't have their home court for quite a while? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yep. Huge. They're playing out so, of Tampa for most of the year. Right, which is like nowhere fucking near Toronto. And then I think when they went back to Toronto, they didn't have a crowd for a while. Well, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, like a, a severely reduced crowd. So if they get that, if they get Scotiabank back popping, uh, I really like the Raptors and what they might be able to do. Maybe they lack a bit of their, that star power that they need, mm. though. I'm not sure. But let's be honest, the Raptors have got it done with very little star power before. Um, not necessarily one at all, but have been dangerous and 
a good bloody team with DeRozan and Lowry. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see how these guys go. And I'm really excited to see what Scotty Barnes can do in year two. There was a uh, NBA mandate that went out earlier this week as well, saying that NBA players must be vaxxed to play in Canada. So uh, not good that, for Michael Porter Jr. I was just going to say, there's a perfect example then, because, you know, you get a team coming to town and if all of a sudden their third best player can't play, they can sneak a couple of extra wins on the board. Again, Yeah, all the Raptors need to be vaccinated, but, and that may change over the course of the year. Who knows? But yeah, playing a full season in Toronto, obviously will have a drastic improvement, at least on their like mental standpoint. Um, they mm. lost Kyle Lowry last off season. So that didn't obviously have a huge uh, ripple effect on court, but you're right. Otto Porter brings a bit of heady veteran leadership to the squad. And all the dudes you mentioned could just improve 5%. You know, your Gary Trents, your OG Adenobi, who actually shot a little bit worse last year, but averaged 17 points a game. So still did pretty good. Pascal yeah. did make the All-NBA third team. And it seems like Scotty Barnes is <laughs> not ready to, you know, be the franchise player, but he probably will turn into that bloke. So smart by Masai Ujiri to not go for a home run Kevin Durant type trade. I think that this team will, you know, improve on what they did last year. Maybe you're right. A massive leap is a big, is a bit of a stretch, but you know, they've still bat really deep. Their length as you've been harping on for years is intimidating and gives them, you Mm -hmm. know, a bit of an X factor. So I like what they got. I think that they're going to do well. Who do you reckon wins more games, Sixers or the Raptors? Be very close. Mm. I'd probably lean Sixers because of Joel and James Harden, but mm, Joel, if Joel only plays 50 games, then I'd go Raptors. So it's tight. There's only mm. uh, three games last year separated them. And there was only three games between the Raptors and the Boston Celtics as well. who finished 51, 31. I think in my eyes, they're the clear second best team in the East behind the bucks. Uh, yep. They've made, Similar to some of the other teams we've talked about, they made smart around the edges upgrades, like the Danilo Gallinari one and Malcolm Brogdon. You don't need them to start for you or help to play 25 plus minutes. They could play 15 minutes. I don't think Gallinari will play much more than that anyway, but they just added a little bit of depth. They kept the band together. I think they'll get a shitload out of, conf- of confidence out of their run they had last year as well. Um, so do you reckon that they can kind of replicate their heroics from last year and go on another deep run? I think they'll go deep. Um, love the Brogdon signing. Mm. You're right. Danilo adds a bit. I think the big question is going to be around their bigs. Time Lord 6'8". Grant Williams 6'6". Six, six. I didn't really realize big, he was that short, of, eh? Kind of plays big. The biggest player they've got is Luke Cornett at seven one, and then you look, then you're down to Gallo at six ten, Al Horford six ten six nine. Al Horford must be like thirty five at this point, anyway. Yeah, fifteen year pro. So <clears throat> I do worry a little bit about that, but I think they're they're well coached. They've got a good GM. They've mm. got a bona fide star after that playoff run. They've got. Another potential all-star in Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. Love Derek White off the bench. Love oh, yeah, Grant Williams. Marcus off... Smart, one Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. 
I, I kind of would think that they might even start Brogdon next to Smart. Um, because Brogdon, it depends on how in my eyes, right? Yeah, I, I pick. I think he's a point guard, not a shooting guard, and he's a mm-hmm. great distributor. F- f- uh, 50, 40, 90 guy. I, I would expect them. I agree. I think they're the second, maybe the best team in the East. Um, and I think it really comes down to how far Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can take them. But it seems like they kind of figured it out in the playoffs last year and a finals berth is is nothing to shake uh shake a poker stick at, shake a stick at. So poker stick at? No, that doesn't make poker any stick? sense. So yeah. Shake a stick at. Um, so I, I think that's going to hold them in good stead. Um, so yeah, I love, I really like this roster minus the height. I mean, the two times a year they come up against Jokic or the four times they have to play Joel Embiid potentially, that's, that's a problem. Well, to get through the Eastern conference, they'll probably have to go through Joel and another big bloke named Yana Santetokounmpo. So yeah, he could cause them a couple of problems. Uh, Al Horford, 36, for what it's worth. So, you know, well, uh, well-seasoned well veteran. I think you're right. Time Lord does play big. And it's like I said, it surprised me that he's only 6'8". His health mm. will be interesting. You know, if he, he obviously had his um, injury issues throughout the playoffs last year and had, what, like an MCL sprain from memory as well throughout the back half mm-hmm. of the year. Anyway, yeah, he um he gets healthy and they've got their other guys firing on all cylinders. Derek White was a nice pickup last year. He could, you know, be their seventh, eighth man. You probably don't need many more than that to get through the playoff run. They've got, you know, other yep. guys that they can play during the regular season. But I like their top eight. If you were stacking their top eight up against all the other teams we've talked about so far, I'd prefer Boston's. And then, you know, if you go around the league, Boston would be right up there in the top handful. So I agree. The finals berth from last year was no fluke. And I think that they'll prove that. And now let's get to everyone's favorite Brooklyn Nets. It's so tough to kind of paint a picture and predict forward what's going to happen. Because I read a report today that the Lakers are now willing to trade multiple firsts, potentially to get Kyrie. So by the time this goes to air, Kyrie might have been dealt and... Kevin Durant had another tanty. So it's all off-field shit continually going on for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Do you have any insight to provide for Brooklyn's season ahead? (laughs) I really like Cam Thomas. That's 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 about all I could offer. But you know what? It will be exciting to see Ben Simmons back on a basketball court. That'll be exciting. You gotta love Patty Mills. I actually don't mind. I don't know where they came from, but TJ Warren and Royce O'Neal are pretty good pieces, I think. Yep. But boy, there is just no knowing what this team dishes up come opening night mm. next season. So I I the big question I have is what the fuck happened to Kevin Durant? He used to be the coolest yeah. dude. Would walk in, walk around with his backpack on. I think he even had a line of backpacks. Said he would never chase rings and never like, not never leave OKC, but he's like, I'm loyal. I'm gonna, and I loved him. I, I, and now I cannot stand him. Like he's just turned into a monster. So he really has. Hey, it's my big question. What the fuck? Kyrie was always a loser. 
but what the hell, Kevin Durant? Yeah, I I can see the downside for Kyrie, but I've I still can't forever hate that bloke after his uh, role in a championship winning Cleveland team. But I yeah, tell you whatever. what, when he requested a trade. Oh, when was that? 2017, maybe 18. And I was like, oh, we can't afford to lose him. Ever since then, I've been like, oh, thank fuck that bloke left, eh? So Thank God. It's just all, like I said, off-season drama. Uh, yeah, I don't know where it went wrong for KD. I think clearly he just got in his own head. And I've heard multiple blokes, especially on the Bill Simmons podcast, he talks about it, how like Kevin Durant went to Golden State, won a ring, and he was like, oh, that did wasn't as like fulfilling as I thought it would be. Mm. And it probably was because of the team he joined and the way that they won. But still, you know, maybe like I've said to you, maybe he goes to, I don't know, Sacramento to win them a ring or goes to Washington where I think he's from Washington, right? Yeah. Goes there and tries to get them over the hump. You know, maybe that's the way that he ends his NBA career and ties a bow on his legacy. Like on the court, he's one of, if not the greatest scoring player we've seen, you know, the way that he gets buckets is ridiculous, but the off field shit is really starting to quickly overshadow his on court achievements, which is a shame, but yeah, I'll be interested to see where he ends up. And if he does end up somewhere, does he force his way out of there in a couple of years? You know, if he goes to Phoenix, he's rostered for uh, contracted for four years, but does he see out that contract or does he spit the chewy and ask for another trade? Who knows? Just retire. Just end it. Had enough. Fuck the league. Fuck the NBA. I'm retiring. Well, he's been around for what? Like 14 seasons, 15 seasons, something like that. So 15. Yeah. Which, you know, it's not nothing. He's getting right to the end of it. You'd think. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Who knows? All right. Quickly. If they do, let's say that they can't facilitate any trades. Obviously, the locker room sounds like it'll be a shambles after these blokes request all their trades and then roll back in. But on paper, they've still got Ben Simmons, Kyrie, Kevin Durant. Is there any hope that for the Brooklyn Nets, this team can galvanize and potentially go on a run? Because like I said, they've got the on-court talent, but I think the off-season shit has probably just done too much damage. Look, you never know. The NBA is a funny place. You're right. They they could have the best roster in the league, or they could have the best eight, nine man roster. Lacking a bit of height, like I'm only seeing Nick Claxton as a center. Mm. Uh, obviously, Ben Ben Simmons once he gets the ball over, brings it up, which he probably won't do with Kyrie anyway. Kind of True. makes Ben Simmons useless in a f- weird way, but they're going to be very small, so. I think they could get it done. I think they would still have a lot of trouble with the Bostons of the world and the Heat and the Sixers and the Giannis. So I see them as probably a four seed that would potentially get bounced in the first two rounds again, mm. even if they managed to pull a rabbit out of the hat and make it work. Yeah, I can't see them going on a deep run and I'll be honest I don't think both Kyrie and Kevin will be there opening night originally I did say that but I think think there's too much shit going on now I think one of them goes maybe it's Kyrie to the Lakers after these recent rumors maybe Kevin Durant gets his wish but 
Yeah. Yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. yuck. All right. We'll be back next week and do another Western Conference squad. We might even go towards the Pacific Division. We've talked a little bit about the Lakers, uh, which links somewhat to today's Mount Rushmore. So last week we did the best players to never win a Brownlow, and uh, you comprehensively swept the floor with me. Good. So you're back on the winners list. Uh, Seven to Frosty, five to JLo is the... Uh, career um, what's the word tally yep and today we're going to be drafting might be my favorite topic that we've picked to be honest is iconic Kobe Bryant moments shots games dunks whatever you you choose you okay. can you can go down the route you want to go down be uh okay we might have to have a couple of score reviews there might be you know a couple of plays that we try to lump in as one there might be a moment that we talk about, but yeah, it's really iconic Kobe Bryant moments. Uh, and there's a lot of them as I was compiling yeah. my uh, top eight, my leaderboard, I found it difficult to uh, cut out my top five and find a spot where I was happy. Uh, yeah. Cutting the list. I'm but interested I think, to see where you go with, with number one. Yeah. Look, I, I got a couple right at the top that I think are deservingly up the top. But I I have to pick his 81-point game. I think that has to be the first pick. I was going to try and get fancy and be like, oh, can I sneak these two in, Do you know, with two of my first three? But no, that's – it's probably lost a little bit of its sheen from when it, like, first happened. But what was it? Nearly 20 years ago now. Well, probably closer to 15, but Jeez. yeah. Yeah. 2006 from memory, eh? Far out. It's getting there. Yeah. Close. 81 points against the Toronto Raptors. 55 in the second half. Uh, Yeah. Done. Lock it in. Pick number one. Fair enough. Yeah, look, that's um, that's a good pick. I thought you would take that. So, and if you didn't, I would have sort of said, yeah, you're bloody crazy. Yeah, you're dumb. I think I know what your next pick will be, considering what my pick is going to be. But I I don't think there's a more iconic Kobe Bryant moment, mm-hmm. the effort game, than when he said Mamba out. So I'm yeah. going to take Mamba out 60 points in his closing last ever game. Um, I don't think I've ever watched a more exciting basketball game than that. I don't know. Did you watch it live or were you at work or something? Or? I was at work and I get a text message. I don't think it was from you. I think it was honestly from someone else who's like not a huge basketball fan. And they're like, bro, Kobe's got 50. And I was like, yeah, well, what do you mean? And I like opened up my app. I remember like me and the bloke who I was working with, we were at like a holiday daycare thing for all the uh, like kids who are like, I don't know seven to 14 and they're all just playing yeah. sport in this gym and we're meant to be running this game. And he and I just get my phone, load up league pass. We're like, kids, just entertain yourselves for 10 minutes. We've yeah. got to watch the last like five minutes of this game. And you're right. It was arguably the most entertaining game of basketball. Oh, I've never wanted like one player to do better 
ever. And like you, you were seeing all the celebrities, Jack Nicholson, Snoop Dogg was losing his mind. Yeah. Jack was Jack. there. Kanye was there. Uh, every Jay-Z was there. Everyone was there. The whole crowd was, was losing it. Um, so yeah, I'm going to take Mumba out as my number one. And I, you know what? I'm glad I didn't have the number one pick because I would have taken that anyway. Um, even though I probably should have taken the 81. Um, because well, that, that is just the best yeah. Kobe moment ever. That's why I was saying I was going to try and get a bit fancy because that was my clear second. And I think those okay. two are clear top two. Maybe. I think so. There's yep. a couple of others you could maybe argue for, but yeah, you can't really go past scoring 60 in your last NBA game. Did you hear? No way. I'm sure you have of the Gordon Hayward story, how he like stepped over intentionally over the free throw line when Kobe had 59. Cause he was like, Oh yeah, if he misses, I want him to get 60. So I'm like, oh, I'm doing a lane violation cool. so that if he misses, That's he gets another cool. shot. Yeah. Yeah. Elite. Uh, could have been a number one pick, but like I said, was my second. This was tough trying to order after this. Okay. Oh, really? But yeah. Cause this one, you know, I've, I learned my lesson after last week. I'm not going to try and get fancy. I'm going to take <laughs> the thing that I think needs to go third. And it's actually not even really a basketball play. But third, I'm taking Kobe Bryant not flinching when Matt Barnes puts the ball in his face. Oh, that's such a good one. I didn't yeah. even think of that. Yeah. yeah. That that might be the best basketball play of all time. Yeah, yeah. That, well just done. the whole like stone-faced the hot like i think there was a video saying and like a, a um bird's eye view and you can see that it's like not in his face it's a different angle but i'm like nah fuck off like i don't want to hear any of that conspiracy yeah. bullshit like and even if it was a little bit to the left or the right the bloke didn't even flinch did not acknowledge it so yeah i'm taking wow. that with my second pick yeah that's a really good one okay <laughs> well you've left me one i i think you considered this for the greatest basketball players of all time and it was lakers suns might have been in the conference finals and First it's when kobe yep thank you stole the ball put him up with that cool little floatery like doesn't touch the rim shot and then wins it in overtime and does the which is my least favorite celebration ever i think it's so lame just just the one fist yeah just walking like not pumping just holding it up but then he, um, doesn't he then do a couple of mini pumps <laughs> well he didn't do it soon enough in my yeah, opinion okay. but let's be honest kobe bryant can do no wrong so that's i i, I thought you would take that and you you could have got the map barnes pick dead last that's I why I, yeah so well I was done gonna try and get fancy i'll take the kobe I think that yep, game well winner against uh, Phoenix is my favorite like sequence of Kobe plays. Cause then doesn't yep. afterwards he do the like scream and like rip the Jersey. I'm pretty yeah, sure. It's I think that so. Game. I yeah. think that's the game. Yeah. That, um, that runner he does, I honestly reckon was harder than the, um, the uh, overtime the game winner. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're probably right. Deserves plenty of credit. Uh, that was the fourth one I had as well. So okay. we're sticking to form. And I'm honestly contemplating swapping fifth and sixth year for the order I've got them. But okay. 
No, I'm not. I'm going to stick to the draft board. This one I'm going to mention last week. Uh, oh, no, I am. No, I'm changing it. I'm doing... Uh, I'm taking him outscoring Dallas in three quarters, 62 to 61. Well, I wouldn't have had that one either. So, okay. Yeah, no, that is that is just so Kobe. Yeah, um, up to three quarters. And I'm pretty sure there was some stuff pre-game and he'd been on a elite scoring binge rolling into it, but there was some stuff about them talking about how they could stop him or slow him down or last time they played, the Mavs got a hold of him. So, yeah, he didn't play the entire fourth quarter, but at three-quarter time, the score was Dallas Maverick 61, Kobe Bryant 62. Okay, well, wow. That puts me in a bit of a tricky situation. So what have I where are we up to? I've lost I've got the okay, Your third this pick. This is my third pick. Oh boy. Well there's one one of these that I, I don't think I'm gonna take now was in my list of most iconic plays ever. Mm. But I don't think it's it's probably Anyway, I won't get into it just yet. We'll see if it <laughs> sticks around. So I think I'm going to take Kobe blowing past Garnett and sucking the oh, gravity yeah. right out of the building when he does the the windmill sort of thing over Serbiak. It's one of the most, like, like that baseline, there's a photo of it. It's just so amazing. That so was I in think the playoffs I'll take, too. Yeah, I think I'll take that one. And I, I, I think that's his best dunk. Um, you could argue for a few others, but I'll take him over uh, around Garnett over Serbiak, sucking the gravity right out of the wood. And just one of those plays that has that iconic call by Kevin yeah. Harland as well. Yep. So Agreed. it's all part of it. That was uh, the first omission I had from my top eight. So ninth, okay. technically. Yep. Uh, but that was the highest I had a dunk rated. So that's probably his most iconic oh. dunk. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last pick. Yeah. And I'm tossing up between two, but I'm having a lot of fun with my picks so far. So I'm going to round it out with probably my outside of the 60 point game, my favorite Kobe game. And that's his, performance in the 2008 Olympics when he steers USA to a gold medal. Wow. And that, okay. That... You've gone deep in your bag for this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've done a, done a lot of looking and research in this one. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't down for back-to-back losses after the uh, Teddy Witten extravaganza last week. <laughs> yeah, okay. So... <laughs> yes. Ted Witten was a bad choice. The, uh, when, you know, Spain made the push and got it back to like that two point game. And he does that like jab step three and hits them with just the shush for the four point play. Yeah. That's uh, gives me, gives me tingles. So that rounds out my uh, draft board. Shit. I, cause I, the one I didn't pick, pick before still there, but I was purposely, purposefully leaving this one till the last because I didn't think it would be on your radar. Mm. And I'm going to pick it because I think it's it's really not a highlight and it's not, but it's a memory and it sort of, it sums up Kobe and the competitor that, that he was so perfectly. And so I'm going to pick with my last pick and boy, I'm leaving some 
fucking really good ones on the cutting room floor. <laughs> the one I was going to pick last pick was the his assister Shaq. That was the on my list when Shaq runs down like that. But I I do feel like that's maybe not enough Kobe. Do you know so what I mean? That's exactly what I thought. That was fourth on my list. Ah, sorry, sixth on my list. But then I've just kind of the more I looked at it, the more I was like, it's more the two of them, not just Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. And so leaving that one on the table, I'm going to pick Kobe striding up to the free throw line. This was on my list. Achilles and then walking off unhelped um, because I just think that is, I mean, I know I couldn't do it and I think it's just perfectly summarizes Kobe. Um, So yeah, that's the one I'm picking. That's rounds out my, list and boy there's less like actual highlights than you'd think yeah they're more like moments for kobe which maybe that tells you exactly what you need to know about the bloke good point the uh only one of my top eight that did not get drafted was his uh back-to-back shots against portland the one to force overtime oh yeah and then win it which are both absurd shots against ruben pattinson the kobe stopper kobe yeah the stopper Probably deserve to mention. Uh, I've got a couple of other honourable mentions. Him banking that game winner against yep. Dwayne Wade. That was cool. Yep. Uh, winning the dunk contest as a rookie. That's pretty good. Very cool. He also hit 12 threes in a single game. He also scored 61 points at the Garden. He Very also... Cool. Uh, what else have I got? Well, that's about it. Yeah. Dwight Howard poster, I reckon, is right up there. Oh, true. Oh, and the... Is it Lamar Odom? Oh, it might be Robert Orton. It throws him like the full court pass and he kind of like catches around it, the... goes around his back and then like under the hoop yeah. and dunks it. Yeah, that's pretty iconic for Kobe standards as well. So we could honestly probably have done a second Mount Rushmore draft because you're right. We didn't exactly have a lot of basketball plays, but I'm not mad. No, I'm glad that we went the, the route we went actually. Yeah, I think that was, that's you're right. That was my favorite Mount Rushmore, I think. Yeah, maybe agreed. less intriguing and less interplay. Like last week, there was it was a mental game, you know. In other weeks, you know, I've had to cheat and change the rules at the last <laughs> second. But I think this this week was good, and I'm glad we we chose. Like, I'm glad you chose the fucking pass fake man. That was that's a really good pick. So yeah, I, I was gonna try and just sneak it down a couple more picks, but if you had have clued onto it and taken it ahead of me, I might have just ended the podcast. Yeah, right. No, fair enough. Good. Well done, mate. That's going to be a really interesting vote. I yeah, think. that'll be a tight one. That'll be another tight one. Mm. All righty. Uh, we'll make sure that the Sportsby fans get right around that and vote. Um, next week, we'll be back doing another footy one. And hopefully, uh, we'll have uh, the top eight locked in, maybe. Don't know. And hopefully, we'll have uh, no other shitstorm uh going on in Brooklyn or with our AFL fantasy teams so that we can end the fantasy season with a bang and continue our NBA previews. Yeah, bang. <laughs> bang. All right, thanks for sitting down, mate. We will catch you next week. Hold on.